Welcome to the Teaching Behavior Together podcast, where I provide you with actionable steps for making your classroom management plan effective by incorporating behavioral and social-emotional learning activities into your daily teaching. Hi, I'm Maria, and I have 10 years experience in the field of behavior analysis. In each episode, I will be providing you with effective and evidence-based strategies you can use to create a classroom environment you want to go to each morning. No longer will you be driving home in tears over the overwhelming feeling of trying to manage student behaviors. So sit back, listen up, and start seeing success. Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of the Teaching Behavior Together podcast. Today we are going to be talking all about visuals in your classroom and how you can use visuals in your classroom to really maximize your classroom management plan. I have a couple of key tips for using visuals and expanding our use of visuals in the classroom beyond what we typically think of to really maximize the use of visuals to really help support our classroom management plan and support overall student success. There are going to be two different types of visuals we're going to talk about in this episode. The first type of visual is what we typically think of where we use visuals to remind students of behaviors such as our expectations or different locations in their room. We use visual signs to know where aspects of our classroom are, etc. Stuff like that. And the second type of visuals we're going to talk about is visuals to help support students with various aspects of their school day. There's no easy way to categorize this type of visual. I usually call it support visuals and that we're using them to support students with their daily learning. All right, so the first type of visual we're going to talk about is those typical visuals we see in our classroom. Typically, when we think visuals, we usually think of a visual schedule, right? A lot of teachers have visual schedules in their classroom. We also utilize smaller visual schedules for individual students. A lot of times they're referred to like as macro and micro schedules, where they have the whole day outlined on their macro schedule, but then they have little micro schedules for specific tasks or different responsibilities that they have in a classroom. So that's typically what we think of when we think of visuals. We think of those visual schedules. We think of some of the visual reminders that we have around our room, maybe even anchor charts you use as visuals in your classroom. After you've taught a certain concept, you might hang up your your anchor chart to serve as a visual. And those are all definitely visuals that we can be utilizing to help reinforce our classroom management plan. So I do want to talk about these a little bit and how to best maximize their use in your classroom. But the first thing I do want to talk about and highlight is that visuals and pictures, the words visuals and pictures, cannot be used interchangeably. So a visual is more than just a picture, and a picture is not necessarily a visual. So I want us to kind of move away from that thought process that visuals are pictures. A lot of times we think that a picture can serve as a visual and it definitely can, but not all pictures function as visuals and we really want to be intentional with how we utilize visuals in our classroom. So when we use the word visuals, we're talking way more about how they're utilized in our classroom as opposed to just the picture that might be represented on them. And not all visuals have pictures, especially when you get into upper elementary grades, middle school and high school, you're not going to have a bunch of pictures in your room because that might not be developmentally appropriate for the students that are learning inside of that classroom. They might learn better and be more receptive to word visuals. So just visual pictures of text on a piece of paper or on a classroom sign or something like that, they might be more receptive to that type of visual. So again, I just want to kind of break away from that thought process that visuals are pictures in our classrooms. 
So we're gonna continue to talk about those visuals that we typically think of in our classrooms. And the very first key aspect of utilizing classroom visuals effectively is to utilize classroom visuals. And that might sound a little bit confusing, but what I really wanna highlight with this point is that you should have a classroom set of visuals. So you should have visuals in your classroom that pertain to all of the students in your classroom. The most common example of visuals in classrooms other than classroom schedules is the classroom expectations. So having visuals of your classroom expectations to help remind your students and support your students in remembering their classroom expectations is to have a visual for it. Now these visuals can be just pictures of your classroom expectations, especially if you're working in much younger grades. They can be pictures and words, so a picture of the classroom expectation and then some key aspects of the expectation written out in text format or they can just be text form in terms of if you're working with kids that might be a little bit older especially at the middle school and high school level you probably are just going to use visuals in your classroom to represent your classroom expectations in that text format. You're also gonna to wanna to have a class set of visuals that label areas in your room, those important areas in your room. You want those to be labeled, either with a picture or again, a word format. And you wanna make sure that they're visible to everyone in your classroom. So you can have labels as to where to turn work in. You want them to be like bright and stand out in some way. I guess they don't necessarily have to be bright, meaning they have to be printed on colored paper or anything like that, but they have to stand out in some way so that students can readily see them in the classroom and identify that they are signifying an important aspect of a location in your classroom. So again, you can have them located where you turn in work, you could have them located where the classroom passes are, you can have them located where high traffic areas are, where the tissues are, where the sharpener is, so that students know where to find those things in your classroom. This is really, really important at the beginning of the school year so that students can see and identify where those areas are in your classroom. And you might think, well, you know, after we run through the procedures and the routines, it's really easy to identify those areas. And it really is for a lot of students, but some students might need that extra visual reminder. And as we talk about a little bit later in this episode, using visual prompts as a part of our visuals in our classroom, having those visuals laid out will really help support you when you're using visual visual prompts as opposed to verbal prompts. But we'll talk about that a little bit later and how to utilize that to help support the visuals in your classroom, therefore supporting the entire classroom management plan. You're also gonna to wanna to have visuals to remind students of systems and procedures in your classroom. So the entire next episode is all about how to set up systems and procedures in your classroom. So once those systems and procedures are in place, you're gonna wanna have visuals to remind students of those systems and procedures. Again, this will come in handy so much when we talk about using visual prompts versus verbal prompts in your classroom. So just keep that in the back of your head. Next week when you listen to the systems and procedures episode, it'll give you a better idea of what I mean by creating systems and procedures in your classroom, and then you'll be able to create those visuals around systems and procedures. Again, what we're talking about here is a class set of visuals, meaning that these visuals apply to everyone in your classroom and can be used to remind all of the students in your classroom of the different aspects that these visuals represent. Another key aspect to having visuals in your classroom is having visuals for individual students. So you should create visuals for individual students based on their individual need. And you can create these in a couple of different ways. Again, they can be pictures, pictures and words, just words, depending on what the student's needs are. And if you're making visuals for individual students, make sure that the visuals are not overwhelming in some way, meaning that they don't have to have a visual of every single thing that they need support with on their desk at the same time. 
that can be really overwhelming for students and can actually confuse them more than it can support them. So really identifying the important visuals that they need to be attending to in that moment. When I'm focusing on developing a visual system for an individual student to support their learning right here and now, I really focus on what skills are we trying to teach this student so that they can be better supported in our classroom and really focus on visuals that support that skill. The student might need visuals in reminding them to raise their hand, reminding them to share their materials, reminding them to walk in the classroom, reminding them to take turns when they're playing with a game. And that's a lot of visuals for them to have. So if we're focusing on teaching the student to share materials and to take turns when playing games, we can create visuals that just focus on those two aspects, those two skills. So we can focus on that skill, really allow them to be successful with that skill, and then move on to the next skill. Not saying that you can only have one visual, just be mindful of how many visuals you have for an individual student at a time, because it, again, it can be overwhelming. That's why when we utilize macro and micro schedules with our students, the macro schedule might be too much for a student. Seeing every single aspect of their day lined out at the beginning of the day can be overwhelming. So we create that micro schedule for them where they really just have to focus on a couple of key aspects of a specific task before they move on to the next big aspect of their day. All right, so the next key aspect of utilizing visuals in your classroom is utilizing visual prompts versus verbal prompts. So verbal prompts are when you give a verbal directive to a student or to the rest of your class, and a visual prompt is when you use a visual to give that directive as opposed to that verbal reminder, verbal redirection. And there are a couple of different reasons why you would wanna use a visual prompt versus a verbal prompt. Now, verbal prompts are definitely appropriate and should be utilized in classrooms, but to the greatest extent possible, you can use visual prompts. The more successful your overall classroom management plan will be in most cases. So what I mean by that is that if we utilize a lot of visual prompts in our classroom, the students are less dependent on our redirections, our verbal redirections to adjust their behavior depending on whatever the situation might be. And what I mean by that, even further of an explanation, is that verbal prompts can be really hard to fade out. So once the student is used to receiving a verbal prompt or is used to a verbal reminder, it can be really hard for us to fade that out in an appropriate way so that we're not reminding the student over and over again to utilize that um, strategy that we are prompting them to utilize. Another aspect of verbal prompts is at times our students could have a hard time processing a verbal prompt or a verbal direction, especially if it's a two-step direction. So utilizing visual prompts will allow us to really focus on utilizing one-step direction so that our students can process that information and they can process the visual information easier or in a, in a just in a different way. I don't want to necessarily say easier but in a different way than verbal prompts. I'm sure you've probably seen situations where a student is given a verbal prompt to um, you know, turn in their work and it takes them a couple of minutes to comprehend, process that prompt, and engage in that task where we might be inclined as adults to be like, turn in your work, okay, come on, turn in your work, okay, turn in your work, and we just continue to give those verbal prompts, and every time we give a successive verbal prompt, we are asking them to process more verbal information, and that can be challenging for some of our students. If we utilize a visual prompt, you know, we point to something on their desk, or we point to something in the classroom, walk away from the situation, allow them to process the information from that visual prompt, and then they're able to engage in that behavior, I've seen so much more success with that than a verbal prompt. 
And lastly, verbal prompts allow us to be a little bit more discreet in our classroom. No student wants their name to be called several times to engage in some sort of behavior or redirection, whatever it might be. So if we can just make eye contact with that student, point to a visual prompt or something along those lines, point to something on their desk, there might be a lot more receptive to that than being called out in front of the whole class. Additionally, if we're giving a prompt to the entire class, we're able to do it with less of a distraction to our teaching. You know, if you're in the middle of a lesson and you're on the carpet and you have a couple of students who are kind of whispering back and forth, being a little bit distracting while you're doing a read aloud or morning meeting or whatever it might be, if you can just like make eye contact with that group of students, maybe pause what you're doing for a very brief second, point to the expectation and continue on with your teaching. You can even do this while you're teaching. You don't even necessarily need to pause if you do have the attention of some of those students. So again, it doesn't take up as much of a disruption to your teaching and you don't have to pause and really focus on that behavior. You can point to a visual and keep moving with your teaching. So it's just less disruptive and it doesn't call students out in a way that they might be embarrassed or in a way that might result in a power struggle, which is something that I see a lot too. If we're utilizing a verbal prompt, some of our students are going to want to follow that up with either an argument or they want to reason with you or something along those lines. And that could lead to a power struggle in our classroom. And we definitely want to avoid a power struggle. And we can do that more efficiently by utilizing visual prompts. All right, so the last key aspect of utilizing visuals in your classroom would to be make small visuals that you can carry with you either on your lanyard or just around your belt loop or if you have a fanny pack or whatever it might be utilize that when you're in areas that are not your classroom. So when you're in the hallway, the lunchroom, specials. So you can continue to be consistent with visual prompts as opposed to verbal prompts in those different areas. So typically I recommend teachers carry around just classroom expectations, small versions of their classroom expectations that they can flip through and easily point to a student so that they can remind them to engage in that appropriate behavior wherever they might be in the school. These key aspects that I've talked about, the having the classroom visuals, having individual visuals if needed, utilizing your visuals as visual prompts as opposed to verbal prompts, and having a small version of your visual prompts or your visuals in your classroom to carry around with you to areas outside of the classroom are really the key aspects that I want you to focus on when you are creating visuals for your classroom. Making sure that you hit all of those touch points will really help round out your classroom management plan and the utilization of visuals can be so effective for your classroom management plan and key to overall student success. Now I want to jump into some key tips about using visuals in your classroom. So these are tips for creating your visuals and really making them the most effective they can be in your classroom. Okay, so the very first tip I have for you when you're creating visuals is to make them as simple and as clear as possible. Now I promise you, there will be an overwhelming urge to want to make your visuals extremely cute and Pinterest worthy, but know that those Pinterest worthy visuals will be more for you than they will be for the student. You want to make sure your visuals are very simple and clear because that's the information you want the student to process. All that you want them to have to process on that visual card is the information they need to process. You don't want them to have to process out all this other information that makes the visual cutesy and Pinterest worthy. If the visuals are going with your classroom theme and they have to have all these graphics on them and stuff like that, that's a lot of information for that student to visualize process, comprehend, understand, and then engage in a behavior based on that. 
I'm telling you that it's overwhelming for a lot of our students. So make them as simple as possible. Really, really limit it to the only the information that student needs to process. So if you're using pictures, it should only be a picture of what that behavior is that you are representing with that visual. If you're using pictures and words on your visual card, make sure that the words are limited to the only the words the student needs to read and comprehend to process what that visual is telling them to do. Really, really limit the language that is on visuals. A lot of times when there's too much language for students to sift through, it can be harder for them to process. That goes the same for just text visuals where you just have text on that visual. Make sure it's very limited to only the text that student needs to know in order for them to engage in that behavior that the visual is representing. I know this recommendation will be a hard one for a lot of people. Believe me, I love a Pinterest-worthy visual, but in order for our students to be really, really successful, we really want our visuals to be simple and clear as possible. The next key tip I have for you is to assess what types of visuals you're gonna use in your classroom. And you can use a combination of visuals. You might be at a point in your classroom where you can use a combination of pictures and words on your visuals, but some of your students might just function better with just pictures. So you might have individual sets of visuals for those students who function better with pictures. And you might have students who function better with just words. So you might have a set of visuals just for those students that have just words. Those individual visuals we were talking about earlier you can really customize those to the student needs. And then really think globally of your classroom needs when you're determining what types of visuals you're utilizing. Those picture-only visuals, picture and text, or just text visuals. And it's gonna largely depend on the age level or ability level of the students that you're teaching. So just keep that in mind when you're creating the visuals. If you're not really sure and you wanna test a couple of things out, I would err on the side of a picture-text combination so that you're meeting the needs of everyone at the same time, and then utilizing those individual visuals as needed to meet those individual needs of your students. And the very last tip I have for you is to use them as much as possible. Like we just talked about visuals versus verbal prompts, use your visual prompts as much as possible. I've already given you a couple of different reasons why verbal prompts are less successful in my opinion and can lead to some more disruptive or undesired behaviors in our classroom than visual prompts. And let me just have a quick little disclaimer here because it's not really a podcast episode if I don't throw a disclaimer in. There is a time and a place 100% for verbal prompts. I utilize verbal prompts all the time when I was working one-on-one with students and prompting them to engage in a specific task or specific direction or whatever it might be, but there is a time and a place for verbal prompts. When you're working one-on-one with students, when you're working in a small group of students, you can utilize verbal prompts more than visual prompts. If you're in a whole classroom and you're trying to redirect a student's behavior, visual prompts will work so much more effectively, again, because it won't embarrass the student and won't call them out. It won't lead to that power struggle. The student is more likely to be able to process the information because you're giving them a little bit more time to process that information. And visual information can be easier for some of our students to process than a verbal direction. So there's just so many benefits to utilizing visual prompts versus verbal prompts in a large group situation, a classroom situation, which is what we're talking about here when we talk about overall classroom management, and then utilizing some of those verbal prompts as needed with some individual students one-on-one in a small group can be so, so effective. 
Oops, that wasn't the last tip that I have for you for your classroom visuals. I do have one more tip for you before we move on to support visuals. And my last tip for real this time is to have your visuals in an area that are relatively undecorated. And I know I am all for a decorated classroom. I'm all for a cohesive classroom and having a color scheme and all of that. But just making sure if you have them on bulletin boards or different areas of your classroom that they are relatively uncluttered or undecorated. So that again, the students only have to process the visual information information that is needed for them to engage in those appropriate behaviors. When there's too much clutter, when there's too much going on, when you have super bright backgrounds and super pattern borders and all of that stuff, students have to process all of that and then engage in a behavior. And that can be really, really difficult for some of our students. And then if they're not engaging in that appropriate behavior, it looks like they're not following our directions and we don't want that to be the case. We don't want students to get frustrated because they're not understanding what we're saying because, or what we're telling them to do or what the visual tells them to do because we're giving them too much verbal information to process or we're giving them too much visual information to process. So just keep that in mind when you are placing visuals around your classroom to make sure they're in relatively undecorated areas and they're really the focus of wherever they are in your classroom. All right, so now we're gonna move into talking about support visuals. And support visuals are visuals we can use in our classroom that place visual boundaries that support student learning. And I think I can best explain this through a couple of different examples and give you some ideas of how you can utilize support visuals in your classroom. The support visuals main focus is to cue kids in visually to different aspects of their classroom that just allow them to be more successful in the classroom and really support their everyday learning. So the first example that I would have is if you're a teacher that utilizes classroom tables in your classroom to denote individual student spots with some different tape or just a different border around individual student spots. This can really help support students and that they know where their workspace is. Some of our students might not be able to work within a communal space without being able to identify where their specific space is. Another visual support you can use would be a divider between the desks or spaces. You can grab a folder, laminate it, then cut it in half and tape it to the student's desk. This can help them visually see where their space starts and stops. This is particularly helpful for students who have individual desks that are pushed up against each other, but might not be able to really identify where their desk starts and stops. You might be thinking, why is it so important to denote individual spaces for students? And this is just an idea, a way you can help support students if they're struggling to work efficiently within their communal space with others around them, or if they're struggling to share materials, or if they're struggling to stay in their spot while they're completing work and not distract others while they're working in that communal space. It can be a really good idea to use these visual denotations of individual spots so students are able to really visually see, this is my work area, this is where I can work, and it just gives them a little bit more structure and predictability around their own workspace and allows them to take ownership of that workspace. Some students really strive with that structure and predictability and having a communal table, switching seats a lot or having too much choice of a workspace can be hard for some students to manage. And these are just some suggestions. Again, so just identify which suggestions might be effective for your classroom or might be effective for some students that you have in your classroom so that you can utilize whichever ones will work best for you. Another great visual will be to have those carpet spots, those circular carpet spots that you can get off Amazon for really cheap. Those are just denote, again, this is where you sit when you're on the carpet. If we don't have clear identified areas for students to sit on the carpet, 
They might think that it's a choice to sit way far away, sit way in the back, sit behind something. And if that's a choice in your classroom, that's totally fine. But if it's not a choice in your classroom and you want them to sit in a specific area, denoting those specific areas with carpet spots, having them very clear, this is where students sit on the carpet, can be really, really helpful. This will give them a visual reminder, I sit on a carpet spot, I don't just pick anywhere on the carpet to sit. So you spend less time providing verbal redirections or even visual redirections to engage in that appropriate behavior. Another great support visual would be directional tape in your classroom. So if you are developing systems and procedures around navigating your classroom, again, the whole episode on systems and procedures is coming up next week. But if you are developing systems and procedures around navigating your classroom in a specific way, utilizing directional tape on the floor in your classroom can be a great visual reminder to students of how to navigate the classroom so there's no traffic jam, so there's no overcrowded areas, and there's not a lot of distractibility going on in those areas. Areas. Another great support visual would be highlighted or emphasized items for student use. So you can put a piece of brightly colored tape around a student's pencil and write printing or writing on it so students know that that item is used to write on a piece of paper. And then you can put tape around a marker that says color so students know that they color with that object. These extra prompts can help students process information and make decisions more efficiently. It can also help navigate some different areas of if it's not a choice in your classroom to utilize markers on worksheets and you would rather them use pencils, then specifically denoting pencils for writing when you're using worksheets and markers for coloring when you're using coloring pages can be really helpful to support students' needs in the classroom. You can also place a piece of tape or a star on something along those lines, something to highlight their belongings or where they should go. So if you have specific spots for different items in your classroom, you can either use a picture of the item, say like glue sticks. You can put a picture of a glue stick so students know specifically where the, the glue sticks go and can help support that uh, organization that students might need in your classroom. Which brings me to my next point is to use support visuals to support organization. If a student struggles with keeping their desk organized, you can put pieces of tape on the bottom of their desk with things that are written on them like books, folders, pencils, ruler, whatever items that I have in their desk. You can put those pieces of tape on the bottom of their desk so they know specifically where those items go. You can also tape a diagram to the top of their desk. So like on the underneath lid of their desk if they have those like fold up desks so students know where they go. If they use those book bags on those like book sack things on the back of their chairs, you can make a list of all of the items and place it in the order that they go in that backpack sack or whatever it's called, that seat sack, whatever, and so that they know exactly where those items are in their seat sack so that they are able to readily identify where the item is and grab it efficiently. You can also utilize some sort of diagram or some sort of visual representation of where their personal belongings go. So if they have little lockers or something, you can denote the hook for book bag and coat and lunchbox so that they're better able to organize their belongings inside of their locker. These executive functioning skills need to be explicitly taught to our students, especially our younger students, and supported throughout the school year, throughout the school day, so that they're able to be successful with organization, which is just a huge part of being a successful student, especially when they're in middle school and high school. So if we can start supporting those organizational skills while they're younger, it'll just be so much more beneficial to them when they get into those older grades. And my last support visual recommendation would be to color code. You know, us teachers love a good color coding system and a lot of our students can benefit from a color coding system as well. So as much as you can color coding student items or having them color code their items so they're able to, again, organize their items more efficiently and just really denote what specific items go with which based on the colors that match them. 
Color coding is not only effective for us, it can be really effective for our students. So those are the tips I have for you surrounding those support visuals. I hope I was clear with the different types of visuals that you can utilize in your classroom. Again, those typical visuals that we typically see, the classroom schedules, the classroom expectations, but then these support visuals to really support student learning and add more stability, more predictability, more structure to your classroom can be really helpful when utilizing and planning your overall classroom management plan. So to conclude this episode, I challenge you to write down all of the visuals you see when you are out one day. So think about all the visuals in the world, our street signs, the price signs, sales, directional signs to bathrooms, directional signs to get to around large department stores. Right now during COVID, there are probably signs to denote six feet spacing and directions of aisles. There are signs to remind people to wash our hands and sanitize our hands. So we utilize visuals every single day to organize our world and we utilize to-do lists and color coding systems and post-its and all of that allows us to visually remember different aspects of our day-to-day -day lives that can be really essential to our students' success in our classrooms. So just write down all the visuals that you see and then see how can I incorporate that type of visual in my classroom. I know that I write down post-its all the time for things I have to to remember to get from certain places or to remind me to do something at the end of the day. And so I like to utilize a lot of different visuals when I'm working with students to remind them to do different things and help support them so they're able to create their own visuals that allow them to remember to do different things or to support their own learning and create that autonomy for them. So I just want you to really, really recognize how important visuals are in our world and how we all utilize them and then really maximize how you can utilize them in your classroom. So that's just my challenge for you for today. After this, you listen to this episode and you go out maybe on a walk or something like that, you can see all the different street signs and all the different things that we utilize visuals for in our world and then utilize those to support those in your classroom. So that's all I have for you today. This was kind of a little bit of a longer episode. And if you are here to the end and you'd be so kind to leave a rating or review, that would be so, so helpful for me. Each of the ratings and reviews allows more teachers to see these different episodes and able to access the information so that they can better plan their classroom management plan. And this is our second to last episode of the classroom management series. Next week is gonna be our last episode on the classroom management series. And then we're gonna go into some general behavioral topics, some Q&A episode. So I'm really, really excited about the future of this podcast. And I am so happy that you're sticking around to listen to all these episodes. It brings me so much happiness when you guys message me over on Instagram at teaching behavior together. If you're not following me, go follow me so you can message me and let me know what you're learning from the podcast. Let me know if you have any questions. Let me know if you want me to do a specific episode on anything. I'm open to all of the ideas. And I just hope that you guys have a great rest of the day and go find those visuals.